Hello everyone, welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp and you are not. And today, today, today is, I don't know. Wednesday? This is Wednesday, December 7th, a date which will live in infamy. Does anyone remember that speech? Yes. This is the anniversary of Pearl Harbor um, and it's customary to give pearls away. That's not true. It's customary to start a war with Japan. No. I was going to make a joke and say we could do little about it because Doolittle ran the bombing raid from, and I'm just, no, we're not going to go there. Instead, today we're going to talk about a topic. Someone mailed me something and I thought, oh my gosh, I really should clarify that a bit more. Uh, but before we do, I want to give a shout out to uh, a group of thugs who watch this show. Uh, my Martha, New York, uh, Karen and Sister Teresa, who I did not know this, have formed a gang. Yeah. And Patty. And Patty. Did I not say Patty? They have formed a gang. And if they are extorting money from you as you listen to the show, I'm so sorry. Uh, but it does get me cookies, so please support them as they support me. But all kidding aside, a shout out to my gang. And of course, a huge shout out to Celtic Cove Catholic Bookstore in Oxford, Michigan. Or if you want to acronym them, it's uh, I did all of my Christmas shopping there on Monday. Um, and had a great time, uh, truly great time. The only thing that threw me off is I thought we were near La Puma Hot Dogs and we were not. We were nowhere near them. And La Puma Hot Dogs is the second best hot dog stand in the state of Michigan behind the hot dog stand in Grand Blanc. Um, if you're wondering where I am, this is actually purgatory. Uh, I've died and I will be paying bitterly for my sins for quite some time now. Uh, I was really nervous when I saw Stalin was actually in front of me in the line. That's not good. But all kidding aside, I'm at the Diocese of Lansing in Very Tots Hall today, recording the show live. Can I say that you're here or no? I'm looking at you. <laughs> Julie's here! Okay, so Julie is a goddess, and here's what you need to know. Bishops, come and go. Priests, whatever, right? We are utterly replaceable. If Julie is sick for a day, we feel the effects. Uh, I don't even know how to describe what you do, except this. When I was in Hudson, I was alone, right? In terms of clergy, pre there was no priest nearby. There was no older priest to call and ask for help. Uh, I called Julie so many times, and every time she either knew what to do or how to connect me to what to do with all the paperwork. And I'm the king of screwing up paperwork. And I can't tell you how many times, and she, I don't know, I think a lot of priests accidentally take her for granted, but I'm just so grateful, and I love her, and I'm so happy she's here. I can't believe her probation officer let her come. We're all very excited, Jules. Um, so, uh, tomorrow, on the show, we're not going to have a guest because I haven't showered in some time and apparently people find that offensive. Uh, and instead, I'm gonna spend the hour talking about St. Ambrose. And it'd be hard to overstate the importance of St. Ambrose. Um, he was really the first guy in the church's history to introduce this idea that the state does not tell the church what to do. And you might think, well, of course. No, that was a brand new thought in the fourth century AD or 5th century, 5th, no, 4th century. And the other thing he did that's epic is he converted uh, a young uh, dude who was a mess um, named Augustine. 
who under Ambrose's leadership and wisdom uh, became Saint Augustine, who is the most quoted person in the catechism. We quote Saint Augustine more than Saint Paul in the catechism. Um, and that's saying something. Jesus quotes Saint Paul. I'm just kidding. Although that'd be no, actually, Saint Paul's quoting Jesus. I mean, the whole Trinity thing. Like whenever someone says, "Well, Jesus never talked about blah blah," I'm like, "If it's in the Bible, yeah, he did, right? Because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit—they're one. And what is that? Do you see that brown circle on the floor? Do you find that curious? Looks like a coaster. Now you all have to. Look. It's either a coaster or some kind of time uh, vortex has opened up in Veritas Hall. It's a coaster. Portal. It's a portal? It is a coaster. Okay. So if I am sucked into this, uh, sorry, someone else will finish the show. So tomorrow we'll talk about St. Ambrose, and I'm very geeked out. It might sound like, "Ah, I don't know how exciting it'll be. Trust me. I think this will blow you away. Uh, So a couple days ago, I put a post up on Facebook about Curie's drinking. I'm just kidding. I didn't. I put a post up on Facebook about a phenomena I encounter sometimes and that I personally wrestle with. And it's the idea that when you and I go to confession and we confess our sins with a, with a sincere and contrite heart, our Lord forgives them. And you're like, well, of course. Ah, but that means you don't get to have guilt about them anymore. It either works or it doesn't. And I wrote it much nicer than that. But one of my buddies, from when I was growing up, I love this gal, and we haven't talked to him forever, but she wrote me a really good message. And she was like, basically, I think you want to clarify that a little. And she talked about how, um, of course, uh, I believe that when we confess our sins, we are indeed forgiven by Jesus. And just as Jesus forgives us, we're called to forgive others. My concern is when you have someone, even a spouse, who continues to commit a sin against you, right? And doesn't disclose it uh, or apologize to the people affected. Um, And then if you bring it up, they'll say, well, that's the past. God forgave me. And I thought, boy, it's important we talk about that. So this is what we're going to do today. Um, And what we'll use as a model is the innumerable times that Carrie has hurt me with her violence and hatred. Um, And she seems at peace with this. Yeah. What we're going to do is is take a look at forgiveness. And we've talked these things before, but I think it's important to talk about them again and maybe introduce a little nuance into the whole banana. Okay, So the first thing to look at is forgiveness and reconciliation, that they are not the same thing. Uh, You and I are required by God to forgive. We are not required by God to reconcile. What is, what is the difference? Forgiveness is when you and I acknowledge or release someone of their debt to us. Okay, so yesterday, uh, I know this is a minor thing. I was supposed to be at a meeting at 3, and I fell asleep. Do you know this was that at 3? I did. I just flat out fell asleep. I made a mistake. I sat down after I ate. I cannot, fat men should not sit down after they eat. Right? Because I'm carrying a boiler with me everywhere I go. I save the parish so much money. Uh, But truly, I was gassed out. And uh, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I didn't even think about it. Right? I was thinking about the next thing on the schedule. I don't know what was wrong with my head. So 
when I saw Carrie, Carrie was called the meeting, I think, and I, I apologized, right? And she said, it's no big deal, it's okay. Um, that's forgiveness. I owed Carrie a debt. I said I would do something and I failed to do it. And I take that real serious. I don't think I've fallen asleep and missed a meeting, I don't know, forever. Um, but be this as it may, I now owe her a debt. And what she said is, you don't owe me anything. I'm not going to collect this debt. That's forgiveness, right? Forgiveness means when you say to the person, you owe me nothing. When you and I hurt people, when we fail, uh, intentional or unintentional, we incur a debt, an emotional debt, or in Chuck's case, incredible financial debt for all his drug dealings. Uh, I'm just kidding, it's gambling. Um, but whatever it might be, Forgiveness is when you and I say to God, don't collect that debt on my behalf. And when we, huh? Oh, sorry. And then when we say, I'm not going to collect this debt. Now, forgiveness is a process. It's not a feeling. It's not a one-time thing. Uh, when I look at forgiveness and how it's played out in my own life, like there's been a couple people where I feel like they, they hurt me deeply, right? These were not minor events. This was evil inflicted on me to protect their, to cover up their own evil, okay? And it hurt, and I got punished, in a sense. So, um, what did forgiveness look like? Years of every day saying, Lord, I forgive so-and-so, right? This is where we use that cool thing St. John Paul II gave us. We take what we feel, he says, and we bring it to the classroom of our mind and we discipline it and educate it. So I would get this feeling of anger or this feeling of victimization. And that's normal. I can't help that feeling. But what I can do is say to that feeling uh, a lot of different things. One, no, I forgive that person, right? I forgive them. Lord, I don't want you to collect the debt uh, and I refuse to collect the debt. They owe me nothing. And two, it's reminding my feelings too. I'm sure other people have been a victim of me. That was always important for me to keep in mind. Um, I can't imagine how many people I have unintentionally failed or hurt through my maybe spaciness or through whatever it might be. Um, how many people out there are trying to get over what I did? I don't know because clearly they've forgiven me. And that's a gift they gave me. Um, so the gift I could try to give back then is saying, I forgive, I forgive. And eventually, gently and slowly, through that process of forgiveness, and some days it felt like I tried two steps forward and two back, right? But either way, I tried as best I can as a sinful, broken human to stay faithful to the process. I will make my prayer. Lord, please do not collect this debt. I refuse to collect this debt, and now I'm going to discipline and educate my feelings. I'm not going to condemn them. I didn't make those feelings. I don't think. I think those feelings just happen. Um, one of the ways humans are wired, and, and if you think about human history, it makes a lot of sense. We're wired to remember pain, but to remember goodness requires effort. No one needs to help you remember pain, but we do need help remembering goodness. 
and why? I just think that's a survival thing that's built into us, yeah? Eat that berry, you get sick, right? Eat any kind of vegetable and you'll get sick. That's why I eat cows and pigs who eat the vegetables for me. We learn these things, and so that's why our brain's just programmed to remember pain. Um, and in that remembrance of pain, we take it to Jesus. Right? Keep thinking of the Mass, okay? We, we pray Mass, and right in the middle of it, uh, we go to the back of the church, and we get some unleavened bread and wine, and we carry them all the way up the center aisle. Right? Did I just scrape this? Sorry. We, we carry them all the way up the aisle, and then we place them on the altar, and when Jesus is finished with them, he has transformed bread and wine, right, two very common, ordinary things, into his body and blood. Now that's amazing enough. If Mass was nothing more than that, we're the most blessed people on the earth. But then he gives them back, which, this is a good trait, right? Did you see the Cubs signed Cody Ballinger? So Cody Ballinger, did you see this? The last two years, his batting average is 181. The Cubs signed him to a $17.5 million a year contract. I want that deal. <laughs> I could bat 181, I think. I'd have to fall into the ball a lot. I'll do it. You know what? I will bat 181 for $7 million a year. I, I'm, I'm so noble. But that's a good deal. Here's the best deal of all. <coughs> we give him bread. He gives us his flesh. We give him wine. He gives us his blood. But for that to happen, we got to move stuff from the back of the church to the front. Now, when I was a little squeaker and I was learning to serve, I'd carry that stuff to the back, right? Put the patent down with the bread and put the thing down with wine. And Father Fackler was our pastor back then. You remember Doc Fackler? Doc, Father Fackler was 300 years old when he was 50, okay? Um, and he was a hard, tough old priest, and I loved him. I did. He and Dad took me to my first Tiger game in 1978, right? This, he was old school. Do you remember Father Fackler? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I said to him, Father, why are we putting the wine and the bread in back? He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, we could just, we're just going to carry it up front. Why don't we leave it up front? You know, and that way we don't have to go all the way back there. And then, and he said, because it's symbols. And that was it. But he's right. The procession of the gifts is a moment when you and I, in a sense, by looking at the impracticality of it, we should ask ourselves, then why are we doing it? We're doing it because it's a sign at that moment of you and I putting everything on that bread and wine. Lord, I give you my pain. I give you my joy. I give you my sin. I give you my talents. Uh, whatever it may be, Lord, I'm giving it to you. You transform it into something more than it is now, and then he'll give it back. It's, it's a cool moment, okay? This is what forgiveness is for you and I. It's this process, Lord, I give you this pain as well as my commitment to do what you said. I forgive, uh, and it's gonna take a while. He's huge and mighty, we are tiny and breakable, and so he goes slow. Um, and I, I dig that. When we get to reconciliation, that's when the relationship is restored, right? To conciliate means to meet, 
yeah? And re means again. You're meeting that person again. You're meeting them anew. Um, we are going to together this relationship by the power of God and through the wonder of forgiveness is now restored. Um, to forgive, just you just need you and God. To reconcile, you need God, you, and everybody involved. Right? This is what I learned with my third wife. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was my second. Uh, but all kidding aside, if you have a married couple and the husband continually disrespects his wife and then asks forgiveness, at some point his behavior has to change. And if that behavior doesn't change, then you can go back and think, I don't think he's actually repenting because repentance bears fruit of change. I'm not talking about batting a thousand here, right? Uh, but if there is a pattern of behavior that doesn't change, despite seeming repentance, then you do not reconcile. You, you don't, because they have to help. They have to make that commitment and fight for it. And some of the ways you and I can help with reconciliation is to not say, I'm sorry, right? And I, I've had to say this to Julie a lot because, again, paperwork stuff, where I know like what I'll say to her, and I mean it, is, Julie, please forgive me. I made more work for you. Right? It's an acknowledgement that I didn't just screw up this form. I made her do extra work. And I'm asking her to forgive me. I'm not saying I'm sorry because all that does is explain how I feel. I feel something. When I say please forgive me, what I'm saying is you have the power to hold this. And you would be right to do so. Yeah. Um, have you ever noticed that? Like, I, do, I try to say, Julie, please forgive me because it's just important to me. I can sorry but all I've told her is how I feel I feel sorrow oh, okay um, no please forgive me I have inflicted a wound and I'm asking you to not collect that debt and she never but Julie's a god small G yeah. capital G belongs to Mary because we worship her I'm just kidding yeah. okay. I wonder if Mary even found that funny if she's like easy fat boy Okay, there's a thing that keeps popping up on my screen. So for reconciling, you need to have a pattern of repentance, accountability, um, and progress. Okay? So alcoholism. Let's look at alcoholism. That's a tough one. Um, I uh, kind of helped. Uh, hold on, guys. I think this is saying I'm not connected. Uh, I, can you check, uh, Carrie, and see if... Um, like, if you type something, um, anyway, like, I'll see if it pops up on our thing. And if not, I'll just need you to ask questions. I think this is saying I am not connected, right? So I just need to reconcile with my computer. Uh, okay, it's saying we have a weak signal, so I'm going to pray for it. Yeah, it doesn't love me. Oh, D oh I got to change networks. Okay, I'm going to try again. See if this disconnects you, Carrie. Because I am the priest, so it'll probably kick the lay person off. That's in the Bible. Don't look it up. So, uh, yeah, it looks like, sis, you're going to have to ask me any questions God's people have. Okay, is that all right? You comfortable? Okay. So, uh, come Holy Spirit, reconciling. So when you take, uh, at one point, 
I lived with a priest who struggled with alcoholism, okay? And he fell more than a few times. But when uh, I talked to the people who do his treatment, what they said is, well, he's gonna, right? This is a dragon, and it's hard to kill that dragon. Um, and as long as when he recognizes he's fallen back into this behavior, if he openly admits it and seeks help, you have hope. And I thought that was a really good way to, to look at it, right? That when he would fall, he would then, sometimes I didn't know, he would tell me. And then he'd, uh, whoop, I lost me. Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, so that there was progress. And eventually, he hit it. He hit a stretch of sobriety he hadn't attained in 20-some years. And I, I was so proud of him, right? Uh, I saw progress. I saw accountability. I saw genuine sorrow for the sin. And I think this, a lot of times, applies to us in our fights for purity, right? The fight for purity is a hard fight. If it's not, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, but we strive to live uh, the way Jesus has called us. We believe Jesus when he says, I made you, this is the best way for you to approach your uh, internal, that, that fire inside of you, that, that urge to create, right? Now that fight, progress tends to come slow. And that's, I guess, where I was focused a little bit in that thing I typed, was this idea that when it comes to addictive behavior, when it comes to that sort of thing, you do have to be patient with you, right? If you are genuinely sorry and you accept God's forgiveness, and you gotta put that stuff behind you and go. But if you find you are continually hurting your spouse or your spouse or, or sibling or whomever is continually hurting you and doesn't seem to ever show any progress, that's when it's time to think about, do I reconcile? You have to remember that you're a treasure, yeah? Uh, Dad and I have gotten into this kick. We're on YouTube a lot, right? When the night's over, there's no baseball on anymore. So we look for documentaries, and then we found these really cool videos, like, I don't know what to call them, but they're like videos of people who are good at things doing them. So last night, it was really slick. There were these four guys, and there was a stack of, um, is it cabbage? Yeah. Right? It's cabbage before you cook it. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know it. Those green things from the hell. Uh, but they had a, a pile of them the size of a truck. And a dude was literally taking them and not even looking them and flipping. And the next guy was one hand, bam, cutting off the end with his machete and then flicking it to the next guy without even looking. And they were moving like that. And I'm like, if I had that machete, I would be slowing everything down because I will have cut my arm off three distinct times, right? If I was a gecko, I'd still lose that arm, yeah? But this guy was just skills, just boom, boom, and I've never seen, we were blown away, right? And they had all these, we love those, but we also like the ones of porn stars that are just the deals. It's none of their fake drama. I think that's the worst. And that one guy who always says stupid things, I'm like, if he's on there, I turn it off. But, it's always a matter of what? They bring in their thing. Oh, that's MSU? That's priceless. 
and they'll bring in the thing and he'll appraise it. An expert will look it over. Well, this is authentic 17th century, blah, 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 blah. You've been appraised, right? Uh, what is your value and worth? Well, what did God pay? That'll tell you your value and worth. He paid all his blood and he paid all his breath and he did it while we hated him. St. Paul, that's the thing that just broke St. Paul's heart. While we hated him, he loved us and laid down his life for us. That's your value. You're a treasure. And so anyone who is constantly stealing from the treasure and putting nothing back in it is not someone you should reconcile with. If you had a brand new car and you knew that this guy had a habit of carrying a tack hammer everywhere and hitting new cars, I'll bet you wouldn't bring your friend anywhere near your new car. You're worth infinitely more than a car, depending on the vehicle. <laughs> you know, if you're talking a 1974 T C10, <laughs> please, okay. But all kidding aside, um, you're worth so much more than that. And if you look at, one of the things I'm learning as a good touchstone for people is, is puppies. Yeah, everybody, everybody loves dogs or cats, right? The people who are good and holy love dogs. The people in league with Lucifer love cats. Wow. I don't know what I can Actually, you know, I'm all talk. If I wasn't, do you like cats? You have two cats? I do both. You got both. See, cause that's because, remember the small G goddess thing? Yeah. That's you? Oh, okay. Um, actually, the ones who baffle me are people who have pet spiders. I don't know what's wrong with you, but Jesus can heal that wound. Yeah. Um, seriously, have you ever been to someone's house? You're like, these are my pet spiders. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I won't kill spiders. There's a ton of them in my house right now. And I'm like, they're just doing their thing. But I, like, wouldn't own one and name it. You know, if I named it, I would name it, like, death or something. But think about what you would allow done to your puppy. Think about what you would allow done to your cat. And if you weren't holding yourself to that standard, then you don't understand your dignity. Right? I, I, I'm amazed at, like for me, my, my knuckle-headed dog, he is pure evil. Uh, he just, in fact, this morning, I went into Dad's room for morning prayer, and somehow during the night, he found Dad's garbage can, and it's everywhere. And you know, in our studio, it's a bi-weekly event that he knocks over the trash can and spreads it everywhere. And we don't even put food in there anymore because he's pure evil, right? Uh, I put one of these garbage cans upstairs that you have to wave your hand over it. Have you seen these? You have to wave your hand over it and then it shall open unto thee and you throw your garbage in. And it says, this is pet proof. It took Marius 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes and he figured out put his little paw up there right or his no or his chin and then it opens and he's like oh, thank you yeah uh, I love that knuckle-headed dog I do and what well, I can't do anything about it right I mean I can't do anything about how I feel and some of it is just he's so oddly helpless without me his very helplessness is like an anchor to me. I want to make sure he's okay. He doesn't have opposable thumbs. For you and I, we have a lot of compassion for animals. 
and we look at them and say, oh my gosh, don't treat that animal that way. Well, then don't let them treat you that way and make sure you're not treating people that way. Another thing we want to be, how are we doing so far? Are people fat and happy? Okay. Another thing we do want to be conscious of is the big question, am I the problem? Okay. Um, and there's different ways for us to look at it. So a couple parishes ago, a person came in to see me and they're like, no one, no one can, I can't work with anybody. I don't know what's going on. So I, I felt like he could handle it. So I gave him this talk. If you work with someone and you can't work together, that's just life, right? People are people. Jesus doesn't command you to like anyone. You gotta love everyone, because you don't have to like them, right? You don't have to be besties and hold hands and walk on the beach and like have a montage, okay? Uh, I says, now, if the next person you work with can't work with you, it's time for some serious internal looking, yeah? The third time, yeah, that's you. Yeah, that's you, right? It's a safe bet. Um, usually, you've got a one in three chance somebody can work with you. If not, congratulations, you found the problem. Now, all of that with the understanding that people are falling, and we all have our blind spots. I don't know, per I think sometimes I think I know, what about me drives the people around me crazy? And I try to be conscious of that. But for the most part, I just let them love me as I am. I try to. I don't need to find every blind spot. We're communal creatures. That means there's a certain amount of give and take where you say, I don't need you to get this together because that has nothing to do with why I love you or how you experience love. It, it, we're all broken. And that, that's something to look at. Now, does this mean if three relationships in a row, you're in trouble, it's your fault? No, relationships are a different thing than work, right? At work, there's this sort of agreement. We don't need to be besties. We just need to knock the mission out, right? But if you date one person and there's a problem, and then you date another person and there's a problem, and you date another, there's a problem, that doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with you. That's just life. We're talking about not working together, but I don't know, a covenant? And you should probably like the person you marry. There's weird rules about that. Now. How we do? Any questions so far? Yeah, let her rip. What if someone? What if someone says they don't think they're doing anything wrong? Oh, okay. Um, that's a good time to do that old. Uh, oh, the, did they hear your question? Are you on theirs too? Okay. What if the person who's hurting you says they're not doing anything wrong? There's two possibilities, right? And only two that I know of. They aren't doing anything wrong, or they are doing something wrong. And the only way you're gonna figure that out is by dialogue, okay? And this is the old proverb, right? Instead of blah, 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 when you do this, I feel. No, when you do this, I feel that, okay? When you do this, I feel that. And if the answer is, well, that's not my problem, they're the problem, right? Because we should always be willing to meet each other in our needs and our weakness and our whatever. Yeah, we might need to acknowledge maybe we're paranoid, right? At least that's what everybody says about you behind your back. Um, did you find that funny? <laughs> Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean you don't have enemies, right? You've heard this one. 
Um, but it is a time to have a dialogue. It might be, in fact, Carrie and I, we just had this talk. Oh my gosh, remember last week? I was like, well, Carrie, she was saying, Joe, I think you need to look at A. And so we talked about it, and I'm like, no, I, I don't see it. And, and it was really a cool conversation because I think we stayed in it just trying to figure this out because both of us were stuck. And in the end, what, what, what I realized is, well, just because it doesn't bother me, it doesn't mean it wouldn't bother someone else. Someone else being bothered by that is reasonable. It doesn't bother me anymore because I've been beat down, right? No, no, I mean, every job has that, right? You have a certain amount of pain that your first year kills you. Your second year, you're like, okay, and by your fourth year, you don't even notice, right? Well, just because I've been doing this for 25 years doesn't mean someone who just started working for the church is there, right? And that, that blew me away. I was like, oh my gosh, I did, didn't I? I goes, I'm the problem here. Because it doesn't bother me, I can't sympathize with the fact that it bothers him. And so I have to adjust my radar. I don't need to say to him, you got to toughen up. Because he will. Life is a, like you have that on the bottom of your emails, right? Life is a, a grindstone. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and it is. Yeah. He'll get used to it. Um, I used to, whenever I hired a new person, I haven't done this since I got to Holy Family, and I really should, I sit him down and say, People who come to church are hurt in a real specific way. And it's a deep enough wound that you don't have to convince them to come to church. What that means is you're going to run into dysfunction at a church on a level you won't run into it anywhere else. And why? Because we're all people who know we need help. And usually the only way you know you need help is when you've got your clock cleaned a few times. Yeah? Is this making sense? Right. So to me, and I used to, I should do that. I mean, but it sounds so horrible and I don't mean it horrible. It's just people come to work for the church and they think everyone's going to be so nice. I'm like, have you gone to church? Yeah. We're awful. Right. Whenever they do the, oh, this minister fell from grace. He preached against this sin and he was committing it. Well, of course. What else has he got to preach on? Do you want him to preach on what he's got down? Well, then he can't talk about anything. We're there together in church because we're broken and we know it. And this is a place where we can actually be a little bit safe with each other. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I've been in the fight for 25 years. I used to, I used to cry at the letters I get, right? I mean, just cry at the awful things people say. And now it's like Tuesday. Yeah, you know, I look it over and go, is this legit or is this pain? Right? And if it's pain, like we just got one, what, last Friday? It was a mean letter. Um, and didn't hurt me at all. I, and I was baffled. I was like, I can't believe this doesn't hurt. This is genuinely awful. And instead, truly, I've prayed for that person every day since then. And not prayed in anger, but in genuine, like, Lord, I can't imagine how bad they're hurting. This is actually a good person who wrote this awful thing. Right? Lord bless them, heal them. Their heart's broken. Yeah. Oh, we got another one? Hit me. Oh, wait, did I do that one? Did I answer it, do you think? Yeah? Okay, let her in. On the same note, uh, what if the person is not aware that what they are doing to you is painful and sinful? What if you tell them and they deny the hurt and pain you feel by their actions? Yeah, see, and that, that's where you've run into a they're the problem. Even if you're the problem, forgive me, but they're the problem. Because any rational person, any 
person who loves you will hear it like it. I, I, uh, no, it's a dumb example. Give me a second, okay? I know. I had a, a, a sibling who would use the phone for fun. And I think the phone is evil, right? Every text, I feel panicked, right? Because it's just a relentless stream of boom, boom, boom. And so um, I shared this uh, with them. I, I said, I don't use the phone that way. I get so many, I am constantly failing, right? Uh, right now there's literally 50 some texts on my phone that I can't even find. I scroll and scroll and scroll and I don't know where they are. They're a mile down. Uh, because like during the show, they'll come in, you know, and then while you're replying to those, others are coming in and a bunch get lost. And then I, I feel so guilty and I feel sad. I wanna be a good servant, right? But so if you send me every day inspirational or cutesy things, I have guns, <laughs> lots of them. To quote Keanu Reeves, uh, just kidding. But so we just, you know, we came up with a system if I send you something, you don't have to answer. If I say, please answer, I need an answer. And we shook hands on it. Works great, right? Now that person uses the phone in an entertaining fashion. And I think it was hard for them to understand where I was coming from, but they love me. So they adapted, right? And, and I love them, so I adapted. I get the same amount of texts, but I don't feel the heat. If you say to someone who believes they love you, I am in pain when you do this, and they don't adapt, or at least negotiate and talk it through, if they're dismissive, there's a big problem there. They should care that you hurt, right? Not whether it's a rational hurt. That you can work with later. But if I tell you, you know, like if I said, Chuck, when you, you know, do that, that hurts me, and your response is, well, that shouldn't hurt you. It doesn't matter what happens now. What I know is he's gonna placate me at best. If he begins with, bro, I'm sorry. I, oh, wow, great, thank you. Now we can work from there and I'll trust what he says. He can get me to the point where I go, crap, that wasn't very rational. But clearly he was okay with it because he loves me. Yeah. And I, I think if you're at that point and it's a marriage, you do need to, to explain as best you can that we gotta work this out. Because what I feel is real. It might not be reflective of reality, right? But we can work through that. We can't work through it if your starting point is, well, that's no big deal. Because it's a big deal to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, in a marriage, you're talking about a covenant, okay? And what's his name? Deacon Sivers. Do you remember this? He, he said an interesting thing. He does marriage prep at his church. And um, he, I think, took a kind of pride in how many couples he convinced to not marry. Were you there for that talk? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, brah. You know. Uh, but his whole point was he would say to them, first question, why do you want to get married? Well, we love each other. He's like, I love my dad. We're not getting married. Well, we really like being around each other. I really like being around my buddy Reggie. We're not getting married, right? And it's a harder approach than I would ever take, but I think he can pull it off. I do. 
But his whole point was you get married because you found someone who can help you get to heaven. You found someone who can show you a human version of God's love as best they can. And a covenant, come Holy Spirit, a covenant, if you're in a covenant marriage, then your goal is to know God as best you can so that you can adapt your love to look more like God's towards your spouse. And what does that mean? When I cry out to the Lord for something I know won't matter in two weeks, but matters to me right now, he cares. He cares. And why? Because I do. Right? He leaves the 99 sheep to get the one. And Jesus, when he, remember that parable? He's not giving us a, a guide for shepherding. That's bad shepherding to leave 99 to go get one. You can replace that one really easy. He's not showing us how to be a good shepherd of sheep. He's showing us how he's a shepherd to sheep. That he'll do the ridiculous because everyone has value. And if we can't love someone like that, we shouldn't get married. And if we haven't found someone who will love us like that, we shouldn't get married. Um, I have a, a dear friend who, who never married. And when people ask her why, as if it's their business, she says the most interesting thing, and I'll never forget this. First time I heard it, I was in my 20s. She said, I'd rather wake up alone than wake up with someone and be alone. I was, wow. Uh, that is a powerful, that's integrity, that's understanding covenant. Yeah? Um, so if this is a covenant relationship, they are failing the covenant. And again, it's okay. We all fail in a million ways. But they need to acknowledge that failure so that Jesus can heal it. And so that you can work on it together. Yeah. How are we doing? Good. Another um, on the response to the last one. If they don't know it's sinful, is it a sin for them? Well, when we talk about sin, right, there's venial sin and mortal sin. And mortal sin is when we know what's wrong and we are apathetic about it or even happy about it. Uh, right, uh, use the CIA acronym, Circumstance, Intention, and Action. For something to be a mortal sin, you need three things happening at once. Circumstance, you need to be free to not sin. An alcoholic getting drunk is not free to not do that, right? They need a come Holy Spirit. They need a intentional process to slay that dragon. They gave up their freedom a long time ago, yeah? Intention, action. The um, intention, excuse me, your intention needs to be, I don't care that it's bad, or I'm happy that it's bad. And then action, the action needs to be serious. Grave, the church says grave. So one of the things we run into, I'm actually preaching on this this weekend. If Jesus says something is a sin and we don't agree, we're wrong. And that's okay. But we need to start with that point. So the first time I heard about the church's teaching on natural family planning, or the church saying, in the context of marriage, you should never use artificial birth control, right? First time I heard of that, I was like, well, that's stupid. Yeah, that was, that was, I was 18 and knew everything. So it was weird that I've changed my mind. Um, when I learned it, 
I remember Dr. Reardon telling me, you do need to start with this point. I know I'm wrong. I want to find out how. He said, that's a different point than saying, Jesus, convince me. Right? We approach it with humility. Um, and, and so if the person says, well, I don't think that's a sin, well, they don't get to make that call. Only God gets to say what's a sin. And how do we know what's a sin? Um, the Bible. And never let, again, anyone do this, because I've seen this a lot now. Well, Jesus never talked about homosexuality. A, yeah, he did. Uh, B, Paul wrote about it, and we believe that's divinely inspired, and we don't get to pick and choose, right? We don't get to say, well, what Jesus said matters, what Paul said doesn't. We either believe that's inspired by the Holy Spirit, who is the same person in the Trinity with Jesus, or we don't. You've got to remember sin is a, well, sin is my dog knocking over trash cans. Not because he's hungry, but because that's what he does. Right? That sin doesn't get weaker when we feed it. It gets stronger. And sin will always, always justify itself to us. So, like, what I liked about our conversation last week is at least I felt like I wasn't defensive. I really wanted to know. And not to be funny, one of us was wrong. And I was like, this is crazy, in a good way, that we couldn't figure it out. It took about an hour, and we figured it out. Carrie was wrong. But I said I was, so she'd feel better about herself. I'm so humble. No, all kidding aside, my starting point was, and I said this, I know I'm missing something, and I can't find it. I'm missing something. And what it was, was assuming, again, because something didn't hurt me, shouldn't hurt anybody. I'm, a sense, I'm overly sensitive. Well, no, there's places where I'm actually tough, it turns out. Who knew? Right, so we have to start with that point. If someone says, well, that's not a sin, well, that's time to talk about it and not be comfortable saying, that's not a sin, yes it is. But let's get after it. Did God call it a sin? If so, that's um, a sin. Well, what if it's ambiguous to us if God called it a sin? Well then talk about its effects, right? You know something sinful by its fruits. Remember when we did that whole thing on the fruits of the spirit versus the fruits of the flesh, right? One of the things, uh, we, you know, that really stands out to me is where Paul writes about if you you know what's a fruit of the flesh in that it causes divisiveness and side taking do you remember what he calls it I can't remember but basically side taking tribalism mm -hmm. right if it causes that that's a work of the flesh so you guys can look up the works of the flesh and look up the works of the spirit and then see well where does this fall there's only two options does what you're doing create life? If not, we're over there. Yeah. Any others? Carrie's looking to see. Excuse me while I pause and take a drink from my MSU water bottle. We could get MSU as a sponsor. Yes. Julie, do you know about this? I tried to get Heinz Ketchup as a sponsor. They said no. Yeah. Celtic Cove is a sponsor, but they don't, I don't, we don't get any cheese. It's just because they're awesome. Yeah. You got 20% off. I did. Did but you get 20% off layperson? No, but no. It, <laughs> it turns out they give it to every priest. Yeah, but 
only the really pretty priests, right? That's what she said. I did notice they have a lot of priest pictures on their wall. Yeah, not mine. Not yours. No. See the one guy in the really colory vestments? I didn't think he... <laughs> I don't think I could get away with those. He could. You gotta give me basic colors. Here's green. Uh, green. Uh. Purple. Mm, purple. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So someone asks, um, so if they're doing, you know, somebody is rude, they... I'm not rude! They I'm sorry, I them. panicked. Yeah. <laughs> they try to love them where they are. Is there anything else they can be doing? Yeah, I, you know, again, there's going to be things we struggle with as humans. There's going to be lifelong struggles. Um, and struggles keep us humble, hopefully, uh, help us strengthen our dependent, our understanding of our dependence on Jesus, and uh, come Holy Spirit, they help us to not be so judgy, right? If we know our own dragons, then we're not as quick to be harsh about other people's dragons, right? But if you've got a spouse who's consistently rude, and you've talked about it and he or she acknowledges it and is trying to work at it, then you just got to reward whatever progress you see, right? That's huge. Uh, Bishop Morlino told us when we were in SEM, one of the most important and neglected areas of confession is when we don't pause to celebrate the little victories. Yeah, I wrestle with this sin usually three times a week and this week, it was twice. That's a victory, right? Progress, woohoo, we'll take progress. And uh, depending on how that rudeness plays out, like I've noticed more and more, I just start talking. And sometimes I'm not aware, I don't stop and go, wait a minute, I did that on the way here. I was like, shoot, Chuck, you were talking. And I dove in, because I got excited. And I said, I'm sorry, Carrie did that. Uh, no, but that was rude. Right? So I named it. Chuck, you were talking and I jumped in. Sorry about that. Right? I didn't ask forgiveness because I don't think it was a sin. It was an inconvenience and a, a good discipline for me to go, crap, I'm not, I don't need to be talking. You know? Um, although I did. My pearls of wisdom littered the garden of the Lord. But yeah, you know, you acknowledge, you look for progress, and you, figure, you, you pray, Lord, help me to be gracious as long as I need to be gracious. You know, because sometimes we are called to thunder a bit. Right? I have had to get called out sometimes, and it's the only way I heard it. I can't tell you how many times, uh, I hope this is okay to say, people, a couple have come in and they're going to divorce. Right? They're just going to. This is happening, and somehow that shakes him loose enough. Right? That he's just missing a cue. And I say he because I've never seen it happen yet the other way. But where the thought of losing her um, compels him to go, well, she's the best thing in my life. And she's not heard him say that before. And right there we've started an active healing. Right there. Um, and not that I encourage it. I don't mean to hold people emotionally, no emotional blackmail here. But I mean when you're in those sincere moments where she's like, he won't stop. And I can't make him. And this is not a covenant. I don't know what this is, but it's not a covenant. Oh my gosh, Rich Bud's walking by. Um, remember Rich Bud? Didn't we have him on here once? We yeah. did. Rich Bud is our marriage and family expert because he's been married nine times now. He's really good at it. 
that's what he takes to become a Right. He's got the record. If anyone gets to 10, Rich is fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That, it, beautiful dude. Loves the Lord. Uh, very knowledgeable. He's a big John Paul II guy, and so am I. I'm goofy for John Paul II. I was just noticing the other day, I have... I was hanging pictures yesterday. Did you see the hallway? I rehung that picture of Mary that fell off the electrical panel. Um, maybe I should clarify. We had a big picture of Mama, and she covered up the breakers. Yes. And she fell. Mary fell the first time. Uh, so I rehung it, and then I found a picture of John Paul that I had in the kitchen, and I moved it to the hallway. And I'm like, I should probably put a picture of Francis up. And I don't just like Francis at all. I just. I love John Paul II. I keep forgetting we have a new pope. New meaning John Paul II died in 2004. He didn't even, I didn't know what he was saying. Uh, what were we talking about? Did I answer? I don't remember. I'm starting to space. And uh, what, how are we for time? Yeah, we're about there. Are we there? It's time okay. for prayer. Okay. All right, so you beautiful people. Today was a spontaneous topic, so I hope it wasn't too uh, spacey. Uh, but I thought, boy, I better get after that. That To me, I'm glad she said that. I, I hadn't thought of how the Christian requirement to forgive, we always have to address the fact that some people will abuse it. Yeah? I abuse it with Jesus all the time. I'm sure you do too. Right? I love that story of St. Jane de Chantal, that she would distribute food to the poor out of her castle. Right? We need a castle, by the way. Do you think the diocese had approved me having it? No. Julie said no. But it would be cool. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, so uh, one day, one of the people who worked for her came to her all angry and said, there's some people who get in line, they get their food, and then they run to the back of the line and change their clothes and get more food, right? And, and we don't want to fall for that. And she said, don't stop them. I do that to Jesus all the time. Wow, that chick. Ah. Okay, so tomorrow we're going to talk about St. Ambrose and my sister's dog named Ambrose might come up. Don't you love Ambrose? Oh my gosh. My sister Kelly has this knuckle-headed dog and I am gooey for this thing. And uh, But Ambrose, you'll see, I think is fascinating in the development of Christian understanding, the church's understanding, of what role she's supposed to play in culture beyond preaching Jesus and feeding the poor. What more are we supposed to do? Ambrose has some ideas. Um, and he did a couple things that are awful, right, that the church acknowledges. Uh, but, and we'll get into that too. Uh, but again, probably the biggest gift he gave us is going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Roman emperors and giving us the gift of St. Augustine. So we're going to talk about him tomorrow. And I'm kind of geeked out about it. Are we having a show on Friday? Why do I think we're not? Is we this are. Thanksgiving? No. No. Did we have Thanksgiving? We did. Okay. So is Friday normal? Yes. Oh. Yes, it is. I know. Uncle Lonnie's going to be here. Oh, nice. I'm so like, oh, don't forget, tomorrow is a holy day of obligation. Yes. Uh, so, like, at Holy Family, tonight we have a 6 p.m. Mass. Tomorrow we have a 6.30 a.m. and an 8 a.m. And if you can't make one of those, you're probably going to hell. No big deal. I'm just kidding. But check your parish. Find out your mass times. Get in there and honor our mama. She gave us Jesus, right? And God, in his whatever word you want to use, set it all up beforehand. 
Um, and I just think that's so cool. So, okay. I think we covered it. And now I have to go to another meeting. Was Marius in your question here? Was Marius in your uh, talk to the boss post this morning? No, that is Layla and Rosie. Layla and Rosie are Marius's friends, my nephew's dogs. They're greyhounds. Um, and they are hilarious. So on Sunday, Marius got to play with Rosie, Layla, Otis, and Boris. Things got broke. And Marius is the old man in the group, right? So they're all running around him, and he was trying to keep up. It actually made me sad. I kept hugging him and going, okay, boo-boo. But, yeah, and then at the end of the day, all five of those dogs were in a coma, right? They just ran themselves in the ground. Uh, but I loved that picture of those two beautiful greyhounds, um, Rosie and Layla. All right. Well, so that's what we got. Say I would pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, our relationships are so complicated sometimes. And we pray that in the minutia of our relationships, we never give up on our dignity. We never give up in our desire to forgive. And that you guide us in understanding when we should reconcile and when we should walk away. For all the ways, Lord, that we have sabotaged relationships, we are so sorry. Please forgive us. Heal the wounds that spark that sort of thing in us. And thank you for the people who love us right in the middle of it, and who say, if you never get it together, I'm still going to love you. Thank you for those people, Lord. And Lord, for those people who, who use your command to forgive, to justify their own sin, please forgive them, heal them. And for those who are blissfully unaware or dismissive of the pain they cause, Lord, please heal them. And help us to be patient with the process of conversion. God, you are a community community of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the first thing you made was a community. And Jesus, when you came to earth, you formed a community. So help us to fight for it. Fight for it like you fight for it. So that we can show the world what it means to be loved, and so that other people will know we're Christians by the way we love. Lord, you know there's people in our lives that we love very much and we worry about them. And you know all the circumstances in our lives that cause us pain or confusion. Now we give it all to you, Lord, because we love you so much and we trust you. And through the intercession of St. Ambrose, may God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Kung Fu is strong. I'll see you guys tomorrow, and until then, peace. Is it over? No, it's never over.